We are back with another episode of Sports with the Z and a T. I'm Bryce Zielinski alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are, of course, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Mohawk Honda, Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. We have a loaded show for you guys this week. We're going to try to get through it as quickly and efficiently as possible. You know how that goes. Uh, we got college football chaos probably to the highest level that we have seen yet this year. And then, of course, we're going to tackle the NFL and week six takeaways and uh, how we did with our picks and obviously break down week seven, do our fantasy studs and duds. And then I just wanted to do an NBA season preview. That's all I ever wanted. That's that's uh, that's all I wanted to do. But of course, Ben Simmons has to find himself in the news again. We will get to that as well, unfortunately. Um, But. Taylor, it was another absolutely bonkers uh, week of college football, to say the least. Um, yeah. Some to my pleasure. Uh, well, let's get <laughs> let's of, get right. Maybe. Yeah, kind of a little bit. I mean, I take solace in it in a way. Um, well, it's also the reason uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. The biggest news is Iowa falling at home to Purdue. Now, Purdue is not your typical Purdue. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not the trash can of the big 10, but they're still not very good. Um, and, and they got outplayed. Iowa got completely outplayed from start to finish. I watched that game. Purdue dominated and moved on to 24, seven victory and Iowa falls from two to outside of the top 10. We'll obviously get to the new rankings here in a little bit, but obviously Iowa is going to be the big talking point, And that just threw everybody for an entire loop. Uh, that, that threw up the entire college football playoff picture to date. Um, but it also makes things a little more interesting outside of the top four. Yeah, it definitely makes it interesting. And, and I was, what I was going to say is that I I think I saw you tweeted that, um, that Penn state, even though they didn't play, they dropped from what is it? Six to seven. They slipped with Michigan. Yeah, I mean, Michigan and Michigan didn't play either. Like what the hell? But that's, that's the thing is the reason that happened probably is because Iowa lost and then you guys lost to Iowa. And so it's Michigan play. What other reason would there be? I don't know. The AP sucks. I don't know. Well, obviously, but I mean, (laughs) that's just how it goes is that it's a cascading effect. You guys just lost to Iowa and then Iowa goes out and lays an egg against Purdue. And then it's, yeah, it's just how it is. I mean, I, for Penn State, I don't think you're gonna be able to get back into the top four unless until you, assuming you do, beat Ohio State. And oh yeah, that, that's two weeks down the road. The, um, the, the the conversation again. I, I mean that it all and James Franklin never ever unless it's season ending reveals injuries, which it's a, it's a good thing that he hasn't revealed what Clifford has because that means it's season ending. Um, it doesn't really matter this week. Like, I'm okay if Clifford doesn't play this week, and we'll get to the future games, but they play Illinois this week. Something catastrophic has to happen to play. I mean, Illinois is the trash can of the Big Ten. So uh-huh. something drastic would have to happen at home, homecoming weekend, uh, at Beaver Stadium against the lowly Illinois fighting Illini for something to happen this week. As long as Clifford gets healthy for Ohio State, I think we're good. By the way, that game is prime time, uh, 7.30 at the shoe. That's going to be a doozy. And, and look, Penn State controls their own destiny. I mean, if they go out and beat Ohio State, they're right back in it. But let's get to what actually happened in Week 6 before we start talking about Week 7. And... Let's talk about Oklahoma because I mean we that they've been a big yep. question mark 
going in, what is Oklahoma going to do with the quarterback position? Now, obviously, Caleb Williams came in and, and looked really good against Texas. Yes, and, and uh, you know, he, he played well against TCU, but Spencer Rattler still has a presence. So I think this is something like, look, can it work against teams like TCU? Yes. Um, it's going to be a storyline going forward for Oklahoma, which a team that is now third in the nation, I still have several reservations about. Like, If you want to be a successful college football team, a top four program, go to the college football playoff and get out of the Big 12. Like, The Big 12 is not a very good conference, but they've been close to being upset before. Um, this is something that I think is not going to go away for Oklahoma. Why would it? People want the top prospect. People are sick of Rattler. Rattler's a captain of the team, was a Heisman favorite going into the season. But this is not something, I mean, we're headed into week seven. We're two weeks from November now, Taylor. This is not something you want hanging over your head when you're trying to make a college football playoff push. No, but honestly, I I really don't know if it. I think at this point, if they're when the, the times when they're playing Rattler, it's because of like the pedigree and what everyone thought he was going to be heading into the season. But I think everyone can agree that they look way more explosive and much better uh, with Williams under center. I mean, the guy showed it all. He had five touchdowns, four throwing, one rushing. You can't get much better than that. And I know yeah. it was against TCU, so I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But TCU is not the worst team in the world. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think that Williams is the guy and the sooner they just give the reins to him full time, which I mean, they basically have, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they have done that Rattler comes in here and there, but I think you'll see less and less of Rattler as the year goes on and more important stretches. They're going to just stick with Williams because they look better with Williams and they look like they get a team that can stay in the top four, especially since they don't have a real test, even maybe if they, the biggest test will be the, 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 the conference uh, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll probably find themselves against Texas or Oklahoma State in the Big which, Twelve championship. Which I mean, it, it's not very uh, not very resume building. I mean, look, you're going to get a Big Twelve championship. Congratulations, but I mean, neither of lost. those two. Real, Oklahoma State's still undefeated. They're still playing. I mean, they're playing well. But this they're Oklahoma, they're, they're one of those. Pro, Oklahoma State's one of those programs. Like, look, until they play somebody, don't don't talk to me about them because they haven't played anybody. Well, Oklahoma, Oklahoma does play Baylor, who's ranked 20 right now, but um, they play Oklahoma State last game of the season, so that'll be a big uh, big game for them towards the end there, and then whoever they place in the conference championship, and then, you know, we'll Let's see. Talk, but, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if they're going to lose. Probably the most controversial, and I, I don't know if controversial for why they're at number two, but how realistic are they to be the number two team in the nation is more the controversial part. And that would be Cincinnati. They are six and zero. Um, they are number two in the nation, but you kind of look at the teams behind them, right? Like Georgia's number one. And then like you have Cincinnati at two and then you have Oklahoma at three, Bama at four. Ohio, and, and then the big 10 blue bloods come five, six, seven is Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state respectively. Then we have Oklahoma state, as you mentioned, Michigan state, comes in at nine and then Oregon at 10. Like one of those teams does not belong. And I don't think there's a team in that top 10. Maybe Oklahoma State would be an underdog, but I don't think any of those other teams in the top 10 would be an underdog against Cincinnati. And here we are talking about Cincinnati. I mean, if they go undefeated, this is one of those things like, 
how much does <laughs> this is like Cincinnati's going to throw the committee a huge loop if they don't lose a game? Because how much are you going to value the American Conference Championship over a Big Ten Conference Championship and a you know a, a Big Twelve Conference Championship and a SEC Conference Championship? I just named three locks basically for the college football playoff right there. So I mean, obviously, a second team in the SEC would either be Bama or Georgia. A second team in the Big Ten would probably consist of Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, or Iowa, whichever of those teams do not does not win the Big Ten or Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You look at the Big 12, and Oklahoma's still still there. Oklahoma State's still there. and But yet we still have to talk about this Cincinnati team, and it's it, I think everybody just wants this team to lose because <laughs> – you know what's going to happen when they go to the college football playoff. And and this is where the conversation of college football playoff expansion comes in. You get the five power conferences, no question, they're in. And then you bring the three best at large teams in and you don't have this conversation anymore. But can you sit there and look, you play who's on the schedule. I get that. However, it's Cincinnati. You also make the schedules. Yeah, you also make the schedule. And your most serious test is going to turn out to be SMU which is November 20th. Like beating Notre Dame isn't as sexy as it, as it already looks. I mean, you, you smack Temple and UCF by a combined 108-24. Congratulations. Any of the top 10 teams probably would do that. You beat Indiana, I mean, on the road, great, whatever. Like an AAC title, undefeated Cincinnati, I don't think does I, I I don't want I don't think they deserve to be in the college football playoff. Like you like you went undefeated, you won your conference, great, but you're not you're not better than these programs and it's going to show. I mean, if the committee makes the mistake of putting the Cincinnati team in the college football playoff over a runner up Big Ten, over a runner up SEC, uh and then watch the Cincinnati team play likely the number one team in the nation, which would likely be Georgia, um I mean, that game's going to be 70 to nothing. It's just not something that's good for college football. It's not a good talking point. I mean, it's exciting to see somebody from another conference do so well. But until the college football playoff expansion is put into place, this isn't a conversation that I'm willing to have putting Cincinnati in. I'm just not. Well, that's my issue. My whole issue with it, because I don't care about a team and I just want to see how it all plays out in the end. Um, I have the twofold argument of like, I, I see where you're coming from with the expansion and I do want an expansion just cause it's more fun when there's more teams anyway, but, um, getting the power five in automatically, I think that's a good idea because then you don't have these situations like this, because if Cincinnati wins out, I don't know how they take them out just because you right. have to say, look, cause they're already like, up. Sit, yes. Because you have to sit well, Cincinnati down and be like, yo. You know, I just don't think you're that good. What what what's what's gonna happen is, and this is where people like look. These are the AP voters. The college football committee doesn't bring out their first rankings until the first weekend of November. That's when it matters. That's what you will see the rankings and how the committee is valuing everybody's resume to date come the first Tuesday of November. What the AP says right now doesn't matter. So if the committee disagrees with the AP and says, Cincinnati, you know what? I mean, you're having a nice year, but we're not convinced. We're going to put you at five. Yeah. That's that. I, I mean, I could see that happening as well. And in my opinion, probably will happen if, if a Penn state or Ohio state, like the winner of Penn state, Ohio state is going into the first weekend of the college football rankings with that win. They're going to be up there. 
who knows what happens? I mean, if Bama and Georgia don't lose, they'll be up there. Oklahoma, they'll be up there. Like, I just don't see where Cincinnati can have that argument when you have four teams that I just rattled off between Ohio State or Penn State, whoever wins that game, Alabama and Georgia, Oklahoma. Where does Cincinnati fit? They don't. Yeah, exactly. If I look at these rankings right now, then yeah, I'm like, Georgia's definitely in. I, I cannot see any situation, even if they lose. I think Georgia's just been that good that I think they've almost locked their spot up already. And then there's the other, like Alabama's always going to be there. Like as long as they don't lose again, they're going to be one of the top teams. And I would think that they're probably going to make it. In the four. If they lose again, obviously they're out. But mm-hmm. um, but then, see, see, so like I understand where you're coming from with, with having those five, like expansion to have the five. But then what I look at it is just like at the end of the day, who do I look at and think that can actually win like the whole thing? And I go, it's like Georgia, Alabama. And then I don't even know if anyone else has a chance, especially with the way Georgia's playing. So then, yeah, like Cincinnati might get in there eventually, but then they're just going to lose immediately. Um, but the only, only other way that Cincinnati goes down, unless the committee just does what you say, you said, and you think you're gonna, they're going to do where they're just like, sorry, like you're just not as good as these other teams is if the one opponent that is really the, high point on their resume Notre Dame if they fall even farther then then yeah that that would be the other reason you'd take them down but even then it's like okay well they still beat them and they still haven't lost anyone else they play SMU but we don't really think that that's much of a a real test um so yeah it's tough and I'm, I'm gonna be glued to that screen on that first uh that first list from the committee because it's gonna be interesting how they play out yeah so this week's games are not very exciting. We actually don't have a ranked versus ranked matchup for the first yeah. time all year. Um, so I'm just going to rattle off these games really quickly. Uh, you have uh, Wednesday, the day our show airs, Coastal Carolina plays Appalachian State. Then Thursday, you have SMU, who we've talked about, face Tulane. Uh, Saturday, Penn State plays Illinois. They are 23 and a half point favorites. It's Penn State's homecoming. Uh, Illinois is two and five. They're just not very good. So I don't think it'll matter if, if they want to give Clifford that extra week, I think this would be a good week to do it. However, on another, uh, like on another side of it, I'd like to see if Clifford can get back into the offense to kind of get into a rhythm for Ohio state. So, I mean, it's kind of twofold there for me. Number two, Cincinnati heads to Navy. Uh, they are 27 and a half point favorites against a one and five team there. Oklahoma plays Kansas and Kansas has been just the joke of the big 12 for dec- a decade plus now. Uh, they are 38 and a half point favorites heading into Kansas down in Lords, Michigan hosts Northwestern. They are big favorites there. Wake Forest, the ACC team that snuck by Gaza Syracuse. They are leading the pack of that conference. We're still waiting for them to stumble. They take on the 4-2 and two Army Golden Knights. Uh, Wisconsin faces Purdue, who is now 25th in the nation after their upset against Iowa. Oklahoma State takes on Iowa State at Iowa State. And I'm telling you right now, Oklahoma State is on upset alert for that one. Keep an eye on that. Oregon heads to UCLA, another game. Keep an eye on that. Oregon could stumble there. Look, the the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12 looks horrible. Um, Oregon very, very, very narrowly snuck by a really bad Cal team last week, and they did not look good, uh, 24-17. 
Ole Miss and the for now Ed Ogeron led LSU Tigers. Uh, they they are they are unfortunately not going to uh, be led by Eddie O anymore. Uh, after this year, they will be needing a new head coach. Uh, Pitt takes on Clemson at three thirty, and then you have Bama taking on Tennessee. San Diego State takes on Air Force and Taylor. This UTSA, I didn't even know this was a place. Um, I didn't know this was a university. Uh, I think you're on mute, by the way. Um, UTS, right, <laughs> <laughs> turn on your mic. You are a professional. Uh, UTSA, I, I guess that that's a place. They are seven and zero, and now twenty fourth in the nation. Congratulations to them, I, I guess. Um, they face Louisiana Tech. Uh, Ohio State goes to Indiana. That should be a drubbing of Ohio State. Um, USC faces Notre Dame, so that'll be an interesting game. Texas A&M hosts South Carolina, and NC State is on the road at Miami. So not, not too many um, intriguing games this week. However, I do put my focus on, as I said, Oregon heading out to face UCLA at the Rose Bowl and then Oklahoma State going to Ames to take on Iowa State. Those are the two I have an eye on for upset alerts this week. Yeah, well, let's be honest. It wouldn't be college football if we didn't get at least one interesting upsetty type game a week. Which we I love Navy. Had, so. Come on, Navy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure there'll be something uh, that's going to be interesting and shake things up. Rarely do, is it just a, a chalk week as it were. So yeah, I think, I think this is a good week to be on the plane heading out to Vegas. I'm not exactly going to be missing much. I, I'm going to be streaming my, uh, basketball starts, my, though. I know what we're, we're getting the basketball. We're going to get there. I'm basketball ready. is back. Um, I like it was I just yesterday we were talking about the finals. I don't, it basically was, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not so sure I'm ready to talk basketball, but we'll oh, get yeah, to we'll that. Have, as My team's as, great. Your team is in shambles right now. No, nah, team's not in it's shambles. Not There's just a person in shambles. There's a difference. Yeah, well, um, bringing the team down. No, nah, well, we'll get to that. Um, but no, it, it's going to be a. I, I think mostly chalk weekend in college football, and then we head to a doozy to end October. Uh, we'll get to that, obviously, next week. And before we head to the NFL and we're on the topic of college football, I do want to mention the Godzilla Media bus trip for the first time, and that is courtesy to Johnstone Supply in Troy, Taylor will be on this bus trip and it's Yo. to support the Johnstone supply kicks cancer. Uh, Johnstone supply ensuring Godzilla media will be supporting pink month and all proceeds from this trip that I will describe here momentarily will be donated to the American cancer society. So what is this trip and how can you sign up now? It is this Saturday, October 23rd. It's $60 a ticket. To go to you, Albany, and Maine, you get a t-shirt, you have the bus trip, you have food and drink included. You would meet at Johnstone Supply around 10.30 in the morning. The bus leaves at 11, and then, of course, you have the kickoff between you, Albany, and Maine at 1 o'clock. Payments are due on the morning of Saturday, October 23rd. Uh, payments accepted include a check or cash. For more information, you can also email Gaz at Gaz at GodzillaMedia.com. You could also 
click on GodzillaMedia.com slash JohnStone-UAlbany-TRIP uh, for more information and to enter now for a chance to join your favorite Godzilla Media personalities on Saturday's trip to KC Stadium. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a good time. I know you're looking forward to it. I, I know you Albany yeah. is I, – I don't know how you Albany did against Villanova last weekend, but uh, – I know they're they're trying to turn things around, and Maine should be a good, tough uh, test for them. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Uh, it'll be cool to hang out with the whole Godzilla Media crew. Hopefully get a good game, if we're lucky. And uh, yeah. It's your alma mater. Answer. Yeah, it is my alma mater. Yeah, I did graduate uh, from there with a nice, good old journalism degree. There it is. There it is. Hey, they also got me my uh, first intern in the radio station, and now... One thing led to another. Here we are. And here we are presenting sports with a Z and a T to our lovely followers. All right, let's go to NFL Talk, Taylor. Week six. And before we get to uh, our you know, our thoughts and, and how the week went, a um, little update. I pulled ahead by two more games in oh, our okay. pick'em pool. I am 15. You... You are 59 and 35. I am 63 and 31. Um, ground. Do I do I have do I have my yes, I do. I have so we both got we both had Miami over Jacksonville. I knew that. Um I knew that one you, hurt me. You had the Chargers beating the Ravens. I told you you're crazy. Uh you were crazy. Yeah, well, you had Carolina beat not a crazy pick, though. I mean the Chargers are very good. <laughs> Are they? Um, Carolina. You had Carol. You had Carolina beating Minnesota. They did not. Uh, we yeah, both well, had Cleveland. I both got killed had. on that one because Christian McCaffrey was looking like he might come back, and then the, the day this podcast probably came out, it was real. It was real. I don't know how you go from practicing and almost returning to going That's to I R. I don't understand. I don't understand. This is the second year in a row I've had a fantasy team that he's literally killing me on. But also killing me in this regard because the whole reason I picked the Panthers was like they're getting Christian McCaffrey back. He's their offense, and it's gonna go great. And I think Sandarn will play better if you know he ever sees the field. But go yeah. on. Uh, we both had Cleveland to beat the Cardinals, and the Cardinals yeah, are uh, legit. They're 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 looking pretty good. And just acquired a Philly favorite Zach Ertz, so that that mm-hmm. pulled at the strings a little bit this week. It was tough yeah. to see him go to Arizona. Uh, we both had Denver beating the Raiders who looked looked alive. I, I think it, it's more Denver is coming back down to earth than it is uh, the Raiders looking good. But nonetheless, um, we both had that wrong. And we both had the Bills beating the Titans, which the Titans, uh, heck of a game last night. Beat yeah, it came down the to the wire. Literally. Sure did. So we are both, 50, uh, I am 63 and 31, you are 59 and 35. We will get to our week seven picks and previews and predictions here in a little bit. But let's go to the takeaways, Taylor, of week six. And honestly, I do want to I do want to talk about the Ravens first and first and foremost because I, I think everybody was looking at that as kind of the game of the week, right? And, and I mean, Lamar Jackson was good, we know that. And the only the you know, it, it was kind of like how can the Ravens put it all together around him? And this was a game they didn't even need Lamar Jackson. Like this, yeah. this was an all around effort, um, and, and it's 
unbelievable what they have overcome with the obscene rash of injuries that they had in the beginning of the year. If you remember in August, September, they were dropping like flies. And on top of that, coming off a short week, uh, overtime Monday night football game against uh, your Colts. um, This is, (laughs) they're playing some elite football right now and they look to be one of the best teams in football. Yeah, they, they definitely do. Um, I think what makes them so good Overall, well, first of all, I think they proved a lot of it. Like, a good running back is nice. It's nice when you have a really, really talented running back. But if you have a great scheme and great blockers, then anyone can play running back for you. And I think that they're really proving that to them, that they have a great scheme. They have great blocking. They have great play calling in that regard, switching between runs and uh, passing and getting the defense like on their heels. And I think that they're proving that you don't need to have a great running back. You can just plug anyone in if they're teams. Working. Teams in the past, especially lately, look at the past Super Bowls. Look at the past Super Bowl winners and look at their running backs. Last yeah. year, the Bucks rotated Fournette and Ronald Jones. The year before, the Chiefs had a combination of like Shady McCoy, Damian Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was a, it was a, a supporting cast. Uh, the the Patriots the year before they they had a combination of James White and, and Sony Michelle and Damian Harris it, 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 again just a whole bunch of committees when the Eagles won the Super Bowl Legarrette Blunt Jay Ajayi not household names yeah I, I mean you you I mean, build the talent around you and you have two three different style running backs and that's as good as having another one that's why you look at teams like the giants spending a number two as much as i love saquon barkley to death obviously because he's a penn stater but i mean that that's why that's why when the giants take your number two overall pick when you have so many other needs like quarterback for say um i mean god forbid you address the most important position in all sports but then go ahead and draft a running back number two overall it's just as great the talent's great but that's just not where the game is right now and you to your it. point the the ravens are proving it once again this year you see it in other places too though like you look at carolina and how trevor harvard has, has just come in and and like filled the he yeah. obviously he's not christian mccaffrey but like he can still go out and get you alexander madison is alexander madison balls out for dalvin pollard, Cook. pollard and zeke they're both mm-hmm. like if Zeke's out and Pollard has to go, Cowboys are fine. Pollard's great. Even if you look at the Colts, I mean, Naheem Hines is great as long uh, along with uh, Jonathan Taylor. So it's like a lot of teams are going committee wise, and they don't have that bell cow, and you don't need that bell cow unless they're so over. Like Derrick Henry, it, he's the exception. You you he's the exception. Him. You can't replace him. I, I, I mean. Chris McCaffrey's good, but it seems like Derrick Henry, like you can't, you can't replace it. He is just on another level of beast. We saw that in the game on Monday. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, that, that was insane. Let's take a, and let, let's take a look at the Cardinals, uh, obviously beating the Browns. Uh, Kyler and the connection with him and DeAndre Hopkins has been very magical this year. They, they are on a tear. And this is a Cardinals team now. I mean, you look at the explosive offense that they have surrounded with Kyler. I mean, you have you have Hopkins, you have Kirk, you have Rondale Moore, you have AJ Green. You just t- traded for Zach Ertz at tight end. Um, this and you have Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner in the backfield. This is an offense, and the defense is playing well, um, better than I think a lot of people expected. This is a team that I, I mean, all of a sudden. 
you have to really sit there and look at as one of the best teams in football. Yeah, and I've I've kind of believed in them. I think a little more than you did early on, because um, I I don't know. I, I mean, going was, and beating Cleveland like they did is is I, convincing. I really like Kyler Murray. And like I've said before, I think he's a front runner for MVP. I mean, there's a lot of people like I think the MVP list right now is like Kyler, Lamar, even Derrick Henry is up there. Um, and Tom Brady's always up there and 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 guys like Justin Herbert, although he might have taken a hit for his loss to Lamar. But yeah, I, I think he's definitely up there. And I think their defense is playing really well. They have their ups and downs, but when they're good, they're really good. And they can cause havoc to both quarterbacks and running backs alike. And yeah, I, I think that they are a legit team. Uh, my roommate is actually uh, a Cardinals fan, not like die hard or anything, but um, he likes the Cardinals. He's got a jersey or two, so he, he's pretty happy with uh, the success they've had. And you know, starting six and zero. When when is that first loss going to come? I, it's going to cut. Like I'm not convinced they're the best team. Like uh, wait till they face Green. Yeah, no. Wait till they face Green Bay in a couple weeks. I, I don't two know weeks. if they play Tampa or two weeks. Yeah, like just I, th- their schedule gets tougher. So, sure. uh, I, I Cleveland I not Texas dis- this week. So it's like, mm, yeah, they're my survivor yeah. pick this week. And not to yeah, di- not not to discount what they did against Cleveland, but Cleveland is very very undermanned right now. Didn't have oh. Chubb, lost Kareem Hunt, don't have Landry. Odell Beckham is for some reason the connection Ross just Baker isn't. Too. Isn't there? Ba- Baker got banged up as well. The defense isn't playing great. Like eventually, that Browns team was going to break down, and that's what the Cardinals mm-hmm. did. That they they took advantage of it. But they're so, they're definitely looking convincing. They play the Texans, and then Packers, Niners, Panthers, Seahawks, Bears. So there's potential for losses. As starting with the Packers, the 49ers are no slouches. We'll see if Christian McCaffrey's back for the Panthers. Um, and then eventually they play the Rams and the Cowboys, and they play my Colts actually later on in the year. Uh, the so the the Chiefs, you know, they didn't look great, but they they turned the corner against I'm Washington. Done. I eventually eventually flipped it around. It took them a little while, but they they ended up uh, handedly beating the Washington football team. The Rams absolutely obliterated the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. The Bengals look good. I get it. It's Detroit. Detroit's the only team that hasn't won a game now. Congratulations, Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it really was true. I mean, the, the Cowboys did enough to be a not very good Patriots team. Like, everybody's saying, wow, the Cowboys did everything they could to lose and still won. That's not a compliment to Dallas. I, no. I, I mean, they, they look beatable. I'm sorry. I, I'm not buying Dallas as a Super Bowl contender. I, I, I mean, look. This is what they do. September and October, they're going to look good. And then come November, December, something's going to go off the rails. And they can't run with Zeke. And Dak's going to have this boo-boo. And Mike McCarthy has a stroke in a clutch situation. It's the same Dallas Cowboys year after year. I I mean, don't stop me with the Super Bowl contender. The defense is not good. Do they force some turnovers? Yeah, but it's still a very suspect defense that that I think a, a good football team is going to shred. Well, yeah. I mean, Diggs is good, but he's also, he has his flaws. I mean, he had uh, an interception that changed the game and then proceeded the next play to give up a 75-yard bomb to a quarterback that can't throw the football further than 25 yards. So, I mean, you tell me. Yeah, no, he's very, uh, he's a, he's definitely a ball hawk, and sometimes he gets into trouble because of it. 
Might um, be a lot of Asante Samuel. But I don't know. I mean, I hesitate to say that they're a contender because, like you laid out uh, so elegantly, um, <laughs> they they do this a lot where they, they look really good and then they end up not being um, good at all. I talked to a, a friend at work today who's a Cowboys fan briefly, and he was like, I'm getting hope, and that's like the worst – feeling and i was like yeah i know i was like you're probably losing the divisional round it's fine um but yeah i don't know what to make of the cowboys because everyone also gives a lot of credit to uh to bill Belichick for how he was able to contain the cowboys and i'm like sure i guess i'm but it's still the patriots and it's still mac jones on the other side and i'm firmly not a believer in mac jones at this juncture um but yeah, I don't know what to think of the Cowboys. We'll see in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they don't play anyone that great until the Chiefs in like four weeks. But yeah, they have. They if they I lose mean, to the Vikings, a, I don't know because the Vikings a, are a quintessential three and three team. I can't figure them out. Well, and that's I mean that's that's a definition of a Kirk Cousins led football team, right? You don't really know what they are. Um, Pittsburgh yeah. squeaked by Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. And then, of course, Buffalo. I, look, I, I mean, I think we were starting to look at Buffalo as maybe the best team in the AFC. I don't think that's the case. I think it's Baltimore, especially after uh, doing what they did last night against the Titans. I mean, they really should have won that game. I get it. It's one regular season game. Is it the is it the you know end of the world for them? No, absolutely not. But I, I think Baltimore has been more consistent this year. I, I think. Uh, you know, if Kansas City starts to get right, I think they're going to get better as the year goes well, on. I just I don't know if Buffalo's going to be one of those teams when it comes down to it because that defense really has been struggling. I think at this point it's clear to say that the Ravens are the best team uh, currently constituted, especially because the Chargers were the the team that I thought were the best, and that's why I picked them to beat the Ravens. Turns out I was wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the chiefs are there, but I, I, you worry about the turnovers because, you know, I, I, I watched a video over the weekend, um, about, or I think it was yesterday after all, all the games had finished about, uh, the interceptions for Patrick Holmes. Cause a lot of people I, I, I was hearing, you know, not at all his fault. Like it, it's not his fault that the uh, receivers can't catch. Well, it turns out if you look at the film that. Well, most of them were his fault for, well, there's, there's like three or four of them that have literally gone through Tyree kills hands and into a defender's arms. So I watched it. So I I, I know exactly how many did that Two did that where Mm. they went right through uh, defenders hands and he should have caught it. Tyreek had one. I think someone else had another one. And then there was one, well, they gave him two and a half uh, were his fault in this video because half of it was um, there was one where he no look passed which was unnecessary. And then the, the player, it bounced off his hand. I don't know. It wasn't Tyreek. I forget who it was, but it bounced off his hands and right into the defender. But you didn't have to know look in that situation. So is it all his fault? No, it's half his fault. So about two and a half were not his fault. Five and a half have been his fault where he's just thrown it up out of nowhere. And he has to fix that or else the, the Chiefs aren't going to be that competitive when it comes down to it. All right, let's go to our week seven preview and Before prediction. I that the Colts had a great game. Yes, the Colts beat the Texans. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, hey, what do you want? Supposed to do. Yeah, you're right. Carson Wentz played uh, played all the snaps. Congrat. Yep. Good job. Good job, That's Indy. Great. 
Uh, the Eagles look competitive. pulling up those wins, and then your pick will go down, and I can laugh at you. Eagles looked, um, I mean, competitive. I mean, it was a close game. Um, just Nick Sirianni needs to run the football more than once in a half. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm going to stroke out tomorrow. I'd made for Philly, so I'll save it for them. Um, let's go to When Jonathan weeks. Taylor only got two carries in the first half, I thought that was very, very, very weird for the Colts, but – yeah, but that's an anomaly. This has been commonplace for the Eagles. It is that's... an anomaly, but and then I mean, yeah, do you know? I haven't been running him a lot in the first half. Do you know? Do you know who leads the entire NFL this season in I yards per carry? Time. Miles Sanders. Run the goddamn ball. Well, it's easy to do on a small sample size. Run the football. <laughs> Jesus, I told you that's why I picked him as my uh, my my dud. Oh, yeah, no, run. you're. I mean, it's still a very run good rush defense. Even All if right, they had a run, they would have probably failed. <laughs> they better. I'm going out to Vegas to see them this weekend. They better do more than one. Um, let's go to week seven, and that leads us off with the Thursday night football game this week, and that would be the ever quickly falling Denver Broncos. Uh, they head to Cleveland, who is a, a, again a undermanned Browns team. We don't know. They expect Chubb to play, but they're not sure yet. At least, I thought he'd been ruled out as of today. Is Chubb officially out now? I believe uh, so. I saw uh, it on Twitter somewhere. That okay, so uh, let's assume this Browns team... Or no, it was fantasy. They were telling you to... They were on an alert, and they were like, pick up the backup because Chubb's out, and and uh, Cremont's on IR, so... If we yeah, nonetheless, Kareem Hunt's out for out for a couple weeks. Chubb is still trying to get back. Um, this is an offense Baker is banged up that all of a sudden looks pretty anemic. Uh, and if they're not able to run the football with their two-headed monster, it kind of plays against uh, what they want to do as a football team. But Denver has not looked good either. However, Bridgewater didn't look bad last week, and this is a Denver team that I think is going to be healthier at this point going into Cleveland. This is a tough game, though. Yeah, it's a, certainly a tough game. But um, for me, uh, I, I'm i going to have to go Broncos in this one just because short week for starters because they're playing on Thursday, obviously. Baker's already banged up. And their two starting running backs are out. I know we just talked about how running backs are replaceable, but at a certain point, you know, when you lose your backup and your starter, your starter and your backup, and you're going to third string, it can get a bit dicey. Um, given all that and the fact that Baker may or not, may not even play, especially because it's on a short week, uh, they're going to have a rough time even if Baker does play, I think. So I'm, I, even though the Broncos are struggling, I'm, I'm going Broncos. Yeah, I'm going Broncos too, and you kind of laid out the reasons why I was going to go with Denver as well. It, like, there are more of a team at this point coming off a short week. Uh, they they have more of their pieces in place to kind of put a competent game plan together. Um, I, I just think it's a bad timing for this Browns team. Let's head to the first game of the Sunday slate. No London game this week. Thank God. Um Carolina and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold returns to MetLife, Taylor, but not to play the Jets, to play the Giants. Um, 
the Giants may very well be the worst team in football. I think I think they are. Um, they they just look completely lost. I don't think Daniel Jones had any business being on a football field last week. I don't even know if he still knows where he is. Um, the players are quitting on Judge. Fans are leaving at halftime. And Carolina's kind of a team licking their wounds a little bit. Started off hot and now have lost three straight. They are three and three. Uh, this is a Carolina Panthers team that, you know, they, they don't have McCaffrey. They haven't been the same without McCaffrey. Uh, but Darnold has not looked great. They need to get DJ Moore rolling again. Giants are perfect uh, remedies for such uh, things. I'm going with the Panthers and not sure it's going to be too close either. Yeah, this is this is a tougher one um, than most, I think, because these two teams are not doing playing very well at this point in time, especially with I mean, Giants, Giants are really banged up, too. I mean, Kenny Galladay, questionable. Darius Slayton, questionable. Kadarius Tony doubtful, which sucks because uh, Tony Tony is going to miss a uh, significant time, according yeah. to the latest reports. Which really sucks because even in the short, short time that he was in the game last week, he had like three catches for like like 40 yards. So he was on his way to having a great game because I do think he's going to be big for the Giants. But if he's not playing, obviously, can't do that. Um I think Panthers come out with this one just because the Giants mm-hmm. are so bad and so bad. They, so bad. They, the Panthers do need a turnaround game because they've been on the slide lately. So I picked the Panthers last three weeks, I think, and they've screwed me twice. So let's go Panthers again. <laughs> so let's do it again. I'm <laughs> picking them this time so I won't get burned if they lose. Yeah, but... I, I was say, I'm picking Carolina too. I mean, the Giants are, the Giants are, horrible so um i i have a hard time seeing that carolina lose, lose this week one. i don't know if i'll ever pick them again no no I, if they lose this <laughs> week i lose all faith in them uh let's go to mccaffrey is not there I mean, they need him back so badly yes they do let's go to an afc <laughs> let's go to an afc's division uh rivalry that would be the new york jets heading to foxborough to take on the patriots uh neither of these teams i like at all however the patriots have at least looked competent uh uh and actually like an nfl football team at times so i'm gonna give bill belichick the benefit of the doubt and the fact they played dallas pretty tough last week and it is in foxborough against the Jets, who don't even know how to football well, right now. Um, I mean, they did get their first win a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they just lost to the Falcons out in London. Uh, I'm going Pats. Well, let's remind everyone what happened not a couple of weeks ago when these teams played each other for the first time, which is weird that it's happening so close together, but, I mean, it happens. Um, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions he couldn't yeah. stop throwing the ball to the other team it seemed his first throw of the game and it seemed like every throw after that was an interception bill knows uh, how to defend rookie quarterbacks yeah especially jets rookie quarterbacks it seems especially bad um but yeah so uh yeah I, i'm gonna go with the pats so you're saying the pats <laughs> i don't think that zach Wilson will be able to do much against this defense and bill Belichick, just like last time 
Let's go to an intriguing game and uh, one that I think is going to be closer because of some of the circumstances surrounding one of the teams. That would be the Chiefs heading to Tennessee, coming off out of a big win on Monday Night Football against the Bills. The Chiefs still trying to get right, really. They haven't looked right. They did beat Washington, um, didn't look great doing it. However, this is a Chiefs team heading to Tennessee trying to build some momentum. I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We both have them as our Super Bowl champions this year, which is kind of like, uh oh. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, Tennessee has looked good as well. However, they are struggling offensively with some injuries. Who knows if Taylor Lewin is going to play? Who knows if uh, Julio is going to play? He pulled up again last night with another hamstring injury. How is A.J. Brown going to be? I mean, obviously, you have Derrick Henry. We all know this. Um, but this is a Tennessee team that's banged up, and the Chiefs trying to prove a point. Yeah, this one's tough uh, for me. Chiefs getting five and a half on the road. Wow. They are definitely favored. Um, I think I, I'll go with the Chiefs. I've picked them every week too, I think. But it's, it's so hard to pick against them. And, like, I could definitely see the Titans going off and Derrick Henry going for, like, close to 200 yards and a couple of TDs. But the Chiefs at some point, if they I want to be a legitimate threat to actually go back to the Super Bowl and win it again, they have to turn it around. They have to look really good for a string of games. And I I think they start it here and they yeah. one that they're back. I'm going too bad. Yeah. I'm going with Kansas City as well. I, I I look, they're my Super Bowl favorite. I think the potential is still there and they do have Patrick Mahomes. I gotta go with them in this one. I I, and if Tennessee was fully healthy, I think it'd be a tougher decision for me to make. However, that isn't the case. Um, and, and I think Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes will do it. Let's go to Washington heading out to Lambeau to take on the Packers. Uh, I, I mean, look, Washington has not looked good all year. Green Bay outside of week one has looked like the best team in the NFC. So, uh uh, I don't really need to put much input in on this. Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. The Packers are going to steamroll uh, Washington and improve to six and one. Yeah, the Packers are good. Washington's been not so good, especially the defense, which I thought would be a lot better. I had been harping on them all year, but I you're finally letting go on that one. Good yeah, job, no. you're finally Washington's, letting go. Washington's not a good football team, and because I thought that their defense would be a lot better and they'd be able to like be good enough that Heineke or well, I thought Fitzpatrick at the beginning of the year. That's why I picked them especially, but I thought they'd be okay with Heineke if their defense could be like one of the top tier defenses in the NFL, but it hasn't been. And so, yeah, I think Packers are going to cook them. Let's go to, uh, this, this game's going to be ugly. Uh, Atlanta heads to Miami to play the Dolphins. Dolphins coming off uh, a horrible, horrible loss against the Jaguars, giving them their first win of the year. Atlanta, don't don't sleep on the Falcons. They're two and three. And uh, this is a Falcons team that, look, uh, you know, they have some weapons. Ridley should be back after missing because of personal reasons. Um, this is just a bad Dolphins team. And I, I think the spiral continues here. I like the Falcons enough to win this one. Yeah, I'm having a hard time uh, so far disagreeing with you on anything because I, I think that I've got to go with the Falcons too. I mean, Miami is shook up. I mean, maybe if they try to really turn it around after that really bad loss, but I, we don't believe in Tua, I don't think. And so no, that's why I'm not picking them. Yeah, as it stands, 
Matt Ryan and Cordell Patterson going to hook up for a couple more touchdowns for you? Sure are. I'm playing him in at least one league. Well, I have Cordero in our in our in the Godzilla league, and he's been yeah. just he's been the best waiver wire ad of the of the year. So yeah, probably uh, go down as that for sure. Yeah. So let's go to a better uh, better afternoon game, and that would be the Cincinnati Bengals, who are surprising a lot of people right now. They look really good. They head to who I think you and I are agreeing look like to be the best team in the AFC, which would be the Baltimore Ravens. A big divisional AFC North matchup, Bengals, Ravens. However, I think the Bengals are playing just – or not the Bengals, excuse me. The Ravens are playing just so well right now. Lamar Jackson's playing at an MVP level. They prove that they – can win in different ways. Lamar Jackson wasn't really asked to do much last week, and they obliterated the Chargers, who some thought were the best team in the AFC, right? Uh, you know, to date going into last week. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one, not to knock the Bengals because I think they're in the right direction, but the Ravens are, they're one of those top tier teams right now, and I think they're going to prove that against Cincinnati. Yeah, and the Bengals are having a great season so far, and they really look like they might be trying to push make a push for one of those wild card spots. And I think they definitely could do it. They're surprising. Definitely me. I thought they'd be okay, but I didn't think that they'd be this good. Like they, they're really legit. Um, but, but the Ravens just look on another level right now. And, and the twofold way that they can attack you where like, if you take the cult strategy, which was just shut down the run, sell out for the run, then Lamar and the passing game can pick you apart plus plus Lamar running the ball himself and then if you if you bought it up like um they play last week uh, the Chargers uh, but they they did not stop the run and so then you know three rushing touchdowns from their running backs and so the ways that they can beat you are just so many different ways so yeah I think the Ravens are on a roll right now and they will take it I don't think we're going to need much input on this one uh the Detroit Lions head out to LA to play the Rams I would hope that we don't have to have much input on this one. If we're talking about this next week as an upset, that'll be embarrassing for the Rams. I mean, the Lions, the Lions are bad. They're scrappy, but they're bad. Last week, they so you're were not really buying bad. the Jared Goff revenge game. No, no, okay. I'm not. Because it's also a Matthew Stafford revenge game. Like, it's yeah, but Jared Goff's going to LA. More <laughs> a revenge game for him. <laughs> uh, whatever, but uh, yeah, that's no, fantastic. I, don't, I don't buy that. I mean, maybe the Lions will pull out a freak victory at some point, but I'm never going to pick them to win. No. Fit, fit, the Rams are up 15 <laughs> on the line. <laughs> so, uh, and so this, this next game, I will be in attendance for uh, the Eagles head out to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Um, look, the Eagles are two and four, but their schedule is starting to loosen up a little bit, Taylor. I'm not saying, I'm not saying definitely, but don't sleep on this Eagles team now that they had a full week and a half of rest. Uh, the the schedule does ease up, as I said. They they kind of got through the gauntlet. Two and four is about where I expected them to possibly be at this point. Um, this is a Raiders team. Like, look, they they beat Denver. They looked good doing it, but I don't think this team is in a good place right now overall. And I don't think this is a very talented team either. Uh, you have a lot of question marks. Um, you don't know what Derek Carr you're going to get week in and week out. You don't really have any solid wide receiver weapons outside of Darren Waller. Uh, Josh Jacobs is not really exactly something to write home about in the backfield, and this defense is suspect at times as well. I'm not saying the Eagles are perfect. However, I do think the Eagles write the ship and go three and four, beat the Raiders. 
out well, in Vegas. This will be one where I'm sorry to say, because you're going to this game, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm, I think I'm, that the Raiders are going to do enough on defense um, to slow down the Eagles, to get a, a bit of a lead and get some breathing room. And then they'll probably try running it, the clock out and can try to control it that way. And I don't know that the Eagles haven't been good, obviously not that they haven't been playing good competition because they have been playing, you know, they've lost to the Buccaneers, the chiefs, the Cowboys and the Niners. Those are all. I was going to say their four losses are uh, four. No, they're good teams, teams so. for sure. They're good teams. And I think that this game will be incredibly close. It'll probably be a great game to be at. Um, I think they might go back and forth. I just think that the Raiders are going to do enough um, to get this win against the Eagles. Well, you're wrong, but um, that that's Maybe okay. I am and, <laughs> the margin is going to keep growing, but I got to make up ground somewhere. So I'm trying. Well, I don't think you're going to be making up ground in this next game because like Detroit and LA, this is another one where it's just kind of laughable. Uh, Houston heads to Arizona. Uh, yeah, well, it shouldn't be. Uh, this should be an easy win for... This is my suicide pick this week, which would be the Cardinals. So please, God, do not lose to Houston. Yeah, no, I think the Cardinals will roll at Houston. Houston's not a very good team. I mean, I think the Colts are turning it around, but they made them look I mean, a lot you, better than they probably If you lose are. to the Colts, you really aren't a good football team. Yeah, so. yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> um, the Eagles play the Colts at some point this year. I, I wish. I, I really wish. They I No, they don't. I wish they did because we'd be we'd talking about We'd have to about go to Hooters it. or something. Oh, we'd, no, we'd be, we'd be going to the game. We'd be broadcasting. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. We could go to the game. That, we'd that we'd be good. going to the game. The next time the Eagles-Colts play, I believe, is in two years, and it's out in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz will not return to Philly for quite some time. Um, but... <laughs> okay uh uh, cardinals in that game yeah yeah absolutely uh let's go to chicago justin fields and company like look this is a rebuilding team they're three and three they haven't looked great offensively and now you're being asked to go down to tampa uh yeah this this is going to be not a very uh close game the buccaneers look very good uh i'm gonna go with the bucks and tom brady on this one yeah, the Bucks are just, you know, the Bucks are the Bucks. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. They look on a roll as on a roll as a Super Bowl defending champ can be. Um, Tom Brady, MVP candidate, and, you know, it is what it is. The Bears are trying. They're working their way back with fields. But when the Buccaneers take away your run game, not that the Bears had much of a run game to start with, but it's going to make you super one-dimensional and you're not going to be able to keep up uh, in a – throwing match with the Buccaneers. So Sunday night football, the Colts, your Colts and Carson Wentz head out to San Francisco to take on the Niners. Some question marks around who's going to be playing quarterback for the Niners, whether it be Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Remember Trey Lance got hurt last week. Um, If Garoppolo is healthy, we don't even know if he's really healthy. Um, He will be the quarterback for the Niners. Uh, the Colts coming off two decent weeks. I mean, they had the disappointment against Baltimore, um, convincingly beat the Texans, uh, go out to face a tough task in the Niners. I mean, no matter who the quarterback is, whether it be Lance or whether it be Garoppolo, um, still is going to be a very good, uh, very good opponent to face. However, Taylor, and you might like this, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want it to happen because I want the higher pick. 
but I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going with your Colts on this one. I think Carson is playing really well right now, and I think this Colts team is starting to find a little bit of a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Not that I think this Colts team is good for the long run. I just think that uh, there's a lot of question marks around them as well. But for right now, they're playing better football. Carson Wentz is playing smart football, and I think it's going to be enough to beat San Francisco. Yeah, I was hoping I was kind of hoping you'd pick the Niners because I was planning on picking the Colts and that would have been another one that I would have won. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one, not just to be a homer, but I do think that even a game against the Texans, I think what the Colts lacked a lot of was just like reps and kind of continuity and like getting into the groove of things, getting a feel for it and get kind of gaining momentum. Um, it kind of got railroaded with a couple hard games right in the beginning of the season. Um, and so now I think we hopefully get uh, the, the legs underneath them um, and can, can kind of roll from there. I think Carson, like you said, is playing very, very smart football. I think that Frank Reich is calling the plays really well. Um, we're getting better looks in the red zone and not faltering when we get there, at least in the last couple games, or especially last game it was Houston. But if, once we get a rhythm and kind of, get Mo Alley-Cox involved in the red zone and all that good stuff, and especially getting Jonathan Taylor, um, those holes where he can run for Colts franchise record. They had the longest run in Colts franchise history on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, I think Colts do enough um, to stop the Niners and, and win this game. Let's go to the Monday night football game, and that would be Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints heading out to Seattle and playing Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, look, Seattle played admirably against Pittsburgh. However, I don't think Pittsburgh's that good. But, like, I think the Saints fall into that category of those teams, too. Like, you don't know what you're going to get from them each and every week. This is a tough ask going out to Seattle. Uh, but I, I think Jameis Winston is going to be poised enough. Like, the Seattle team has enough talent and enough weapons uh, to beat Geno Smith. like If Russell Wilson was a quarterback, this wouldn't even be a thought for me. But I think the Saints go on the road and take this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have a hard time picking any team where Geno Smith is in that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that being said, I, I, I'm i definitely going to leading towards uh, Saints. So I think I'll go Saints in that one. Because, I mean, Geno is Geno. And he's, he's a backup quarterback for a reason. He's not Russell Wilson. And he just doesn't have that feel for the offense like Russell does. And so it's going to be hard. And especially because I think the saints, like you said, have enough weapons, have Kamara and, and Jameis can do enough and not make rookie mistakes. Then yeah, he he'll, he'll win the game. We differ on one Taylor. And that would be the Eagles game. You're you, you suck. <laughs> I was really hoping that you'd pick the Niners so that we would be differing on our, our favorite team. No, I, look, I, I, that, that was one of the tougher opponents this week, uh, or games, I should say to pick. Uh, and I don't know. I, the, the Colts look the way they played against Baltimore and, and the way they convincingly beat Houston and the question marks surrounding the quarterback position right now with San Francisco, it just didn't feel right to me. Um, so that's, yeah, that's I where mean, I went with it. When you look at that. the the Baltimore game, even though it was a loss, give it a loss and the defense played bad in the second half, there was a lot to build on. And so I, I count that in the games for the momentum build that it's been from there and then getting Houston, which is nice. Um, a really good thing to get everyone's confidence up. And then I think they're just going to keep rolling and do enough. And I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but I think they can beat them. 
Whatever, whatever helps you sleep at night. Uh, let's go to, well, before we get to our fantasy studs and duds, I do want to mention our friends at Mohawk Honda. Uh, the, right now, the current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this truly a perfect time for you to get top dollar for your vehicle. And right now at Mohawk Honda, you can take advantage of that Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. They will put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day. You come in, even if you don't buy from them that day, which is a pretty sweet deal, especially for those recent college grads or students in need of a new ride or some extra cash. I certainly know how that feels. Taylor, I know, feels the same way. Mohawk Honda has consistently kept their lot fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles, and their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. And you can also go out and go online. Check their full selection there. If you can't make it in that day or want to prepare yourself or, or do some research before you head into Mohawk Honda, that's the perfect option for you. Go and stop in, though, and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant general manager there, or even Jay Katsas Doyle, Louis, the VIP man Morales, or one of the many other helpful sales consultants there at Mohawk Honda. There is a vast selection of Honda-certified pre-owned vehicles, so now is certainly the time to take advantage of that Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer that I mentioned just a little bit ago. Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. And, and Taylor, I know that, I, I mean, I was pretty pleased with my fantasy picks last week. Uh and our duds were certainly duds as well. Let's go to our fantasy studs and duds for week seven. Who is going to help you if you're looking for, you know, a DFS play or who possibly in your lineups is going to lock in that win for you in week seven? You're muted. Jesus, Taylor. Turn on your mic. I'm sorry, yeah, loser. I and I didn't want to burp into everyone's ears. I was trying to be more professional. <laughs> I just forgot. You're not being that. professional by leaving your mic off. You yeah, idiot. but it would have been worse if I had not muted myself and just burped <laughs> while you were doing that read. <laughs> I don't All think right. Bohakada would appreciate that. Good call. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, fantasy studs and duds. So, for me, uh, you're not going to like this, is what I tried to say when I was muted. Um, my fantasy stud for this weekend is going to be Josh Jacobs. Why? Um, because, because the, the Eagles haven't been great against the rush the last couple of games. I mean, in the last four games, they've given up an average of 94, uh, rush yards and they've given up four touchdown, uh, rushing touchdowns in that span. So yeah, I think. I think that uh, Josh Jacobs is going to have not his way because I don't think Josh Jacobs is that great, but I think he could easily come up with 70 yards and a touchdown at minimum. And I think that that's the way that this game is going to go. <laughs> the look, if, if, if anyone's on YouTube, the look that Bryce is giving me is of just pure disgust slash you're the worst we, you know idiot. you're the worst because we <laughs> literally we literally sat there and broke down every single game and disagreed on one and it happened to be the eagles it's not like the raiders are like any good team here no they're not no you're you're just you're the eagles i returned the favor and and decided to even pick the colts this week i thought i'd be a nice guy and compliment the Colts this week. And you're like, oh, the Raiders. Oh, you know what? All these great matchups this week. Nope, I'm picking Josh Jacobs, who hasn't even put more than 16 points up all year. No, I love him against the Eagles. Kenyon Drake? Who's that? I, I mean, like, 
Jesus Christ, you're the All right, worst. Well, I, I guess Drake is up there too. That that is the only problem with the the split between them. But I think I, if I had to pick between one of them, I'd start Josh Jacobs. Anyway, I'm gonna pick. <laughs> I'm gonna pick a real. Both that the Eagles have given up an average. Let me read you it: 81 and two touchdowns, 101 yards, 102 yards, 95 yards and two touchdowns. That's the last four games. Maybe not in that order, but that's the last four games. What do you want me to say? Look, I can't can't say anything because that's bad. (laughs) No, what I was going to say is I expected you to look at, you know, some of the other great fantasy matchups this week (laughs) and maybe look caught my eye. Okay. And maybe no bullshit. Bullshit. It caught your eye because you were like, oh, I'm picking the Raiders. So I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a Raider too. I mean, I have to double dip and piss Bryce off before we even talk about Ben Simmons. Let me really piss him off. Yeah. I know. I I know your game. I I know your end game. I don't make my picks all that much like beforehand. So this was uh, my picks are uh, pretty much I I pick them right there. So I didn't have a plan Whatever. coming into it before. Yeah, I did, did have I saw yeah, Josh Jacobs. Be, yeah, uh, you're okay. Okay. You're okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're done. I don't. I can I get to my stud first? Yeah. Go start. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Forgot which one we were on. I got so flustered. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to go with Cordero Patterson. Of course he would. <laughs> well, I mean, he's playing Miami. He hasn't he, – he's not – see, you know, I didn't even know you were facing him. I actually did my research. I was like, wow, look at Cordero Patterson's matchup. Not I did only my research is, too. Not only is he a start, but he is a must-start, and I think he's a top 12 running back this week. Like, what he's what been doing he this year has been – or he's a receiver. He could be either. Oh, he could be a top 12 in both. But he is finding absurd levels of production, and he hasn't really been seeing a whole lot of touches, and he's starting to get more. He's averaging 13 touches a game, but he's posting. He's averaging about 20 and a half points in a PPR league. Uh, there's no question that there's reason to doubt this will not – be sustained but if it if that week is going to happen certainly not against Miami uh to a team that is 29th in points allowed to running backs and allowed 101 yards and a touchdown to James Robinson last week uh Cordero Patterson is a must start for me and and if you can find a way to trade for him and not give up a whole lot this is a guy that I think you have to have in lineups it could be a league winner this year because his role is not decreasing it's increasing yeah, I feel silly for not picking him up in any leagues, but uh, I just wasn't paying attention to that. Well, Plus, well you, you look at Cordero Patterson. Well, anyway. the, the thing is, you look at Cordero Patterson, and you look at him having like a two, three week stretch of nice games. Like, okay, it's Cordero Patterson. We've seen we've seen this movie before. Like, that's not sustainable. No, it's he's sustaining it this year. That's the difference. Um, it's been truly <laughs> incredible to see. Um, but Cordero Patterson for sure has been very, very good. All right, let's get to duds because we have some basketball we need to get to. Uh, who is your dud for week seven? So my dud for week seven is going to be good old Joe Mixon. Um, going oh, I against, hope you're wrong on that. <laughs> going up against – I knew you were going to say that because I know you have in, 
on our leagues. Um, but going against Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore has been kind of lights out against the run, and I think it's a combination of them playing well against the run and then them scoring some points in a lot of these games, especially like the game uh, last weekend where they played the Chargers. They got up, and then from then on, the Chargers just abandoned the run. Did you know that in that game, the leading rusher for the Chargers was Justin Herbert with 12 yards? Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That That's bad. And it, I don't know if it was a combination. Well, of game script. Where they came. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's the game script. They got up early, and then and then they only threw it. But but still, that's that's something. And then the other three games they played, they've allowed 56 yards, 53 yards, and 47. So they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in the last four games and completely shut down what little the Chargers tried to do um, on their or their rush game. So I think in this one, I'd fade Joe Mixon wherever possible. I think he will be more or less a dud this week. I'm going to go with the Bears' backfield, and it was a very popular pickup last week, which was Khalil Herbert because Damian Williams went on the COVID list. Who knows if Damian Williams is going to be healthy, come off the COVID list. He is vaccinated but did test positive for COVID. Um, Khalil Herbert had a really, really nice week in week six. Looked really good, looked really comfortable in that role, and posted a nice week. Um, However, they're facing Tampa Bay. And like you last week saying, don't play Miles Sanders, I'm saying do not play the Bears' backfield. They're still trying to figure out their identity on offense with Justin Fields at quarterback. And obviously they have a new play caller in Bill Lazor who took over for Matt Nagy. Um, This is a Buccaneers team that's averaging 42.3 yards against on the ground uh, this year and has only given up one rushing touchdown all year. Just simply avoid the headache. You're going to find better options than what the Bears backfield is going to be. Um, And uh, look, Herbert was a good piece. Damian Williams was very good the week he had control of the lion's share of touches, but avoided against the Buccaneers at all costs. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers are just the team, like, it's just perennially, like, always, the running back that's facing them is going to be a dud that week. I mean, I, I read, I think last week, if you want to go back to that episode and listen to the, when I read off how the top rushing teams, and I think still, Sonny Michelle is the top rusher for, against them. Um, I, I have to look at the Eagles and how much they were able, I mean, we know that they didn't rush, but maybe, not Sanders didn't. Sanders did, I think, enough to overtake Sonny Michel as the, uh, the number one rusher against the Buccaneers defense. You know, he he had a good fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Miles Miles had a good fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, he, No, oh, he didn't. By, he didn't. Sonny Michel is still his top because he had 67 yards. Miles Sanders had 40, Yeah, while Daryl <laughs> so Henderson. Until that changes, I, I, I would – Daryl Henderson is a top. Daryl Henderson's a top fifteen running back in all fantasy football, and yet somebody thought Sony Michelle was worth Darren Waller in our league. <laughs> that trade's looking worse and worse by the week. I mean, it was. A, it's just. A, it's going to be a terrible trade. It's always going to be. There's never a time, even if Sony Michelle were to go off at the end of the year. I guess maybe if he won in this playoff matchup and if Darren I, Waller, it, it would. Lights. It would. It would be a Henderson injury that would cause it, but. I mean, Michelle Henderson was down and Michelle wasn't doing a whole lot. His best game, I think, is against the Bucks, which is just an aberration at best. Yeah, I I think he I think he rattled off one big run, which helped him get to that point. Uh, Before we get to the in the game, but still, yeah, yeah. before we get to the NBA, because we do uh, we are running out of time, but we do have some topics to discuss. I want to mention our friends up at 
uh, Saving Face Barbershop in Saratoga Springs. I got a fresh haircut last Friday, looking good for Vegas. Uh, you go should go there as well. Go see it. You're, you got a you got an appointment coming up? Not not yet, but I I, I will because yeah. it, I'm getting a little long. Yeah, go and check out Jeremiah and the guys up there. It's a great atmosphere. They have a bunch of TVs. They they got some of their fall and uh, winter hair products in. If you want to check out some of the gels, if that's the way you style, I, I put gel in my hair. That's the only reason I know that. Um, but you can book your appointment online at savingfacebarbershop.com or you could give them a call. Their, web, their phone number is on that website. Uh, you have multiple options to choose from. You could even get an at-home service. I don't recommend it because of the awesome atmosphere there. But you could get close face shaves, 30-minute haircuts. Uh, they have veteran discounts as well, youth discounts, uh, senior your citizen discounts. So definitely go and check it out. If you're a frequent flyer there, do mention sports with a Z and a T when you go in or, uh, you know, if you're brand new, say you, uh, you heard about them from sports with a Z and a T and, uh, Jeremiah will be sure to make sure you have a good time there as well. And make sure you're satisfied with the way you look before you leave. Uh, let's go to the NBA. God, the NBA. I just want, I just wanted to preview the NBA season and get it over with because we are recording on Tuesday night and the season starts tonight. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I just wanted to talk simple NBA predictions and call it a show. That's all I wanted. <laughs> That's all I wanted, Taylor. We will get to the predictions. We will get there. I promise you that. However, <sighs> I just need to take a deep breath. Trying to scream into the mic too much. No, no, I'm not <laughs> going to scream. I'm going to be the bigger person like Joel Embiid is. Ben Simmons. Ben, Ben, Ben. Obviously, we know that he came back to Philadelphia. He was in. He was uh, going through all the COVID protocols to return to practice. Obviously, on Monday, you saw the phone gate. He had his phone in his pocket. Didn't look very engaged. Uh, then Tuesday happened. Sixers announced early on Tuesday afternoon that Ben Simmons was suspended one game for conduct detrimental to the team. Everybody's thinking, okay, all right, what happened? Um, Doc Rivers, after practice, said he thought he was a distraction, didn't want to get into the details. It was early in practice, said it wasn't a big deal. It's a big deal if he suspended a game, Doc, first of all, and just told him that he should leave and went through with practice. What happened, per Woj, was Simmons was kicked out of Tuesday's practice for not being engaged, declined several times to sub into a drill. Woj later reported that Simmons was fined for missing preseason games and other team activities and that he hasn't earned any money since returning to the team. And then, of course, Joel Embiid, after the practice was over, obviously Simmons was supposed to speak with the media for the first time since coming back on Tuesday. Did not. Doc uh, spoke with the media and Bede spoke with the media and they asked Joel Embiid about his thoughts and pretty much said he's a grown ass man. I'm not a babysitter. That's not what we're here to do. I really don't care what that man does anymore. I care about the players and the chemistry that we have is good outside of the chaos that this summer included. This is a Sixers team, Taylor, that... Um, Look, they are they are preparing to not have Ben Simmons this year. Without Simmons, I mean, Maxi figures to be the Sixers' lead ball handler. You're going to see Seth Curry, Furcott, Korkmaz, Isaiah Joe. They're going to be uh, sprinkled in as well. Shake Milton once he gets back from the right ankle sprain. 
But this is a Sixers team, and if I'm Daryl Morey, uh, I'm on the phone now trying to explore with Portland again. Just get it, just get him out because he clearly came back to cause a distraction. He came back so he could get paid. He didn't care about the Sixers anymore. He doesn't care about the teammates that he hurt. He doesn't care about this organization that he lied to. He doesn't care about the fans that he let down. He wants to get paid. He's a child in a man's body. He hasn't matured. He hasn't become an NBA all-star. And Joel Embiid called him out on his bullshit. Tobias Harris yesterday did not give a glowing review of Ben since he came back. Um, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm on the phone with Portland seeing if they will send Robert Covington and uh, CJ McCollum with a couple other pieces back. Because at this point, fuck it. Get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, see – well, first of all, I do want to point out that it, it I'm not going to put it all on Ben Simmons. It's um, on know, Ben. I it's know on you ben. will because you're a Philly fan and you feel slighted by him, as you probably should. But it's not like like things weren't said by Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid early on uh, where they were just implying that they don't know if Ben is can be the guy in a championship team. But whose fault's that? I know that that's Ben's Whose fault. fault is I know, that? I know that it's Ben because, uh, but Ben has some type of psychological thing going on when he's on the court. He he, it's like I don't think that he's purposely being like I don't want to shoot because I don't want to shoot. I think he's just incapable of it, and I don't know what's going on with that. And and then I think he felt hurt because of what they said, and then it spiraled out of control, and then it's gotten to a point to where yeah, he obviously just wanted to come back because he didn't want to be find more for not showing up and not coming in for games. But the the thing is, like we talked about, I think last week or, or the week before when we were talking about this is he, the Sixers didn't blink and they didn't just give him up for nothing. They didn't just give him up for peanuts because that's what people were offering. So Ben came back and he's like, okay, well I need to get paid. So I need to be here. But then Ben is being a, a dumbass because you have to be like, you have to pretend and do your best to pretend that you want to be there. He obviously doesn't want to be there. Everyone knows he wants to be traded, but he can't act like a child like this and expect that he's going to get paid because the Sixers are just going to be like, no, if you're going to act like this, then we're not going to pay, play you in the games. We're going to suspend you. You're not going to get paid anyway, so you're just sitting here not getting paid. But the problem that I have, I think, is because I think they're still in this spot. The Sixers don't have any leverage in this situation at all, I don't think. I mean, they Ben doesn't. Maury will gladly. I'd sit his ass, send him back to L.A. and not pay him. Yeah, He's in a contract. I know, but you can't say you just can't play for us. Like, yes, they the can. Time. Yeah, but, like, you would be missing out on everything you could get from him if you do that. No one's going to trade for him right now. That's the problem. I don't know. So if sit. So if nobody's gonna if if nobody's gonna trade for him, then send his ass back to L.A. and let him grow the fuck up. Because I, I, this city in but you Philly like release him. No, don't pay him. Don't pay him. He I signed a contract. Not pay him. You, you can. Yes, you can. It's in the no, contract. You have a reason to. He's not reporting. He's not participating he in drills. Okay. okay, but then what if he does? What if he sucks it up and he says, "Fine, I'll participate in all the drills." Okay, but what has what has he yeah, done he, to this point to prove that he's going to do that? He hasn't. He wants money, and because he, I don't think he thought that they would suspend him. And well, now that they have that. Now that they have, he he doesn't want. He doesn't not want his money, or else he wouldn't have shown up. In the I mean, first this place. is somebody. This is some. Look, for, first off, this is an odd situation between a team Very and a odd. player that we have never seen in Philadelphia ever. 
like it would be. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I don't. I don't think you've seen it anywhere. This, it might be a bit understandable if Simmons had an argument that he's underpaid or underappreciated, but that's simply not the case. For years, this team has been constructed. It is the exact reason why Jimmy Butler is not in Philadelphia anymore. It's because this Sixers team, this Sixers front office, catered to what Ben did, catered to what he was good at and what he wasn't good at, and built the team around him that way. Not necessarily what may have been the best for Embiid, because Embiid is more of the all around superstar so they catered more to ben he can't possibly make more money as an nba player now than he does right now and two head coaches brett brown and doc rivers dozens of teammates have all sat there in front of a camera in front of the media gritted their teeth and said what a wonderful person ben is and have backed him to the day every sixers fan every nba fan every person that watched the playoffs saw that performance against atlanta you know who else saw? Everyone else. And do you like this? Is the point? Do you think NBA GMs are lining up around the no. block to add a guy who disappears in crunch time for playoff games, throws this childish behavior? No. Send his ass back to LA and let him sulk there. He. Okay. I mean, but what team is going to sit that. there? Yes, they can. It is no, in the contract. Can't. That's why so you they can just did send it. someone away and not pay them. No, they yes. suspended him for a game. They suspend. They're going to suspend him for the season. Yeah, they, they very well can. It's in the not contract. without enough reason. No, he could sue for that. He could go to the uh, the NFLPA and get our NBAPA and get a get them. You can't just do that unless you have good reason to. And it has to be more than just oh, he doesn't want to be in some drills. Because I'm sure he's going to turn look, around and be like, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll the, be in your practice. I'll put my look, phone down and I'll be in your drills. No, I, that that's not what ben, like look. I've seen this movie way too many times with that. That's not he what he's going money. to do. He's not going to give up all the money that he's owed. He's going uh, to make sure that the, either they pay him out, they buy him out, or they trade him somewhere. I can guarantee you, he's not going to be like, "Oh, you're just going to suspend me for the season. That's fine. I'll just go live somewhere else and not play basketball at all." Because then he can't pursue other places either. If you bought him out. If you bought him out, that would be a way. I mean, I don't know. If they're not going to buy him out because Daryl Morey is there. Daryl Morey is going to get something for Ben. Exactly. The, the, and the report that came out this afternoon, granted this show airs on Wednesday, but the report that came out this afternoon on Tuesday afternoon said the Sixers front office stance has not changed. Daryl Morey and Elton Brand are not going to give Ben Simmons up for role players. They want a player caliber to Ben, one that is going to help the Sixers win a championship because that is where this team is at. That is what the Sixers want to do. Look, it sucks because you are going to have to cut your losses at some point to remove this cancer and remove this distraction out of the Sixers facility. However, at the same time, you gave him this contract. He's 25 years old. He's a three-time NBA All-Star. He He's... Defensive player of the year. He, I mean, everything's in front of him. I mean, he's a jump shot away from being one of the top five players in the league. But he yeah. won't do it. And he's gotten worse. And he won't show up in clutch time. He's being childish. Nobody wants that right now. And I think at this point, I, I, I don't know. It's at this so point, the Sixers need to just ship him out for whatever they can get and live with it. And that's the thing that they're going to have to do. Because this is not tenable in any way possible. And I don't believe it's possible for them to just suspend him for the whole year. They can sit him and pay him to sit and not play. They did, Carmelo has done that. And Anthony Davis obviously did that when they were, um, when he wanted to be traded, they can do that. But as long as 
Ben comes in and puts his damn phone in his locker and actually participates in the drills, they would have no viable reason and no reason enough to suspend him like that and not pay him. There's no way that they can get out of it because contracts are two ways. It's not just him signing it. It's, it's the team signing it as well. So they have to pay him as long as he shows up and doesn't act like a child. And I think at some point he might because he wants his money, which is, I mean, you know, in, in its own right. I mean, you can think what you want about the fact that he's being greedy for money, but it is his money and he's deserving of it. Kind of. <laughs> right. All right. Let's, let's go to the NBA season preview. And we have a couple minutes left. We're not going to spend too much time on it. Cause we could literally sit here all day and, and talk about this oh, man, me and Taylor. So, two, so three hour show on it. So, so I'm going to restrain ourselves from doing that. We're just going to give our quick thoughts. Obviously the NBA season opens up Tuesday night. Let's start in the Eastern conference. Since we were talking about the Sixers, um, the Sixers are obviously a wild card team when it, when it comes to the Eastern conference picture, because look, you don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it was the Sixers that are coming off the East best record last year. Uh, what is going to be the Ben Simmons situation if he does play? If he doesn't play, what did the Sixers get back to help Joel Embiid? Is Joel Embiid going to be healthy? Lots of unknowns for the Sixers. They could be very, very good. I think the floor is pretty stable for the Sixers. I think at worst they're like a five or a, or a four seed. But this Definitely. is still a team that, I mean, they have the ceiling. They have the potential to be what they were last year and push for a championship. But, however, obviously – uh, you, you look at Brooklyn, Kyrie's situation remains up in the air. Who knows what they're going to do without that? And if Kyrie ends up sitting out this year because he's not vaccinated and is away from the team, um, this is still a very good team with Kevin Durant, James Harden. You still have Blake Griffin, Millsap, uh, James Johnson, Claxton. Um, Patty Mills is, is on the uh, Nets as well. This is still a very good Nets team, so it'll be interesting to go from there. Don't forget about the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Miami Heat should be better this year as well. And then you have the up-and-coming Hawks. You have the Celtics, who you don't really know what they're going to be. Um, they clearly seem to be planning for two to three years down the line, although they still have the talent to compete. Uh, you have the Hawks. <laughs> like they've been planning for two to three years down the line. For right, the for, for a while now, right? <laughs> you have the Hawks, who congratulations to Shen graduate Kevin Herter, by the way, on a massive uh, contract sure. extension, four-year, $65 million deal with the Hawks, um, also led by Trey Young, who knows what they're going to be this year. They have a very good young team. Are they going to push for one of the top seeds, or are they going to still be that middle of the pack, five, six seed? Uh, you still have the Knicks. You have the Bulls that I think are going. Keep in mind, we still have the play-in yeah, tournament like this year. You you have a play-in tournament this year, so you have the Pacers, Knicks, Bulls, Raptors, teams that could be in that mix. Um, this Easter conference is really intriguing, though. Yeah, I think it's really intriguing. Uh, I think it's mostly wide open. I think ultimately at the end of the year, we're going to be looking at either the Bucks or the Nets with the top spot. When you look at the Nets, obviously they'll be missing Kyrie Irving, but this makes them like less of a super duper duper team to like, it's still a super team because they have two of the top five players, arguably in the league. I think it's inarguable that Durant is uh, in the top five, but Harden, some people have not decided the top five. I think I'd put them up there. So two top five players and then Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they're just got to do what they did last year. And I don't think they will be any worse or not marginally worse. Nothing really has changed for them. Um, they still have their top guys. 
still have their coach, still just won a championship. So, yeah, I'm sure that uh, Milwaukee will be up there, probably with the number one seed. And then I look at teams like Miami, Boston, Atlanta, and the Sixers. They're all in that next tier where I don't really know exactly where they're going to fall. I tend to think right. that the Sixers will fall down towards four or five. But I do think you're right that the floor is there, that they won't fall out because they still haven't beaten and beat is amazing. And uh, the pieces around him are good enough to get them there. Oh yeah. You still, the have, you still have Tobias Harris, Seth Curry. Yeah, exactly. uh, I, I mean, the team's good. Simmons, and Simmons doesn't raise the ceiling all that much. I mean, it, he potentially he rose it. You would have thought to contending for a championship right. level. And I don't know if the Sixers are there right now. They need to trade him and try to see where the pieces lie. But uh, I do think they have that floor. And then I do like Chicago a lot. I think yeah, Chicago, Chicago intrigues really me a lot this people. year. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the, their additions, Lonzo Ball, um, he looks great, surrounded by Zach Levine and um, and Vucevic even, is, is a really good player. So I, I do really like Chicago and the things they did in the offseason. So I think they, they could easily be uh, in contention for like the five, six, even maybe the four if they push it. Um, and then mm. obviously my Miami Heat, I like them a lot. Um, and then I really don't – there's teams that I don't know, like the Knicks. Uh, are they going to be the Knicks? We they saw didn't the get playoffs? better. They didn't get uh, yeah, better. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so are they going to be the Knicks in the playoffs or are they going to be the Knicks of the regular season and come out and, and, and win another 40 games, uh, push it closer to 50? I don't think they'll get to 50, but uh, uh, in the 40s and, and and grab a playoff spot. And then you're right, with the, the, the play-in tournament, you could have teams, even like a Charlotte, I think – could maybe push for the outskirts of the playing tournament. I mean, the um, Wizards too. I mean, it, you yeah. lost. Look, you you lost Westbrook, but you still have Bradley Beal. They did try to build around Beal a little bit. Beal Indiana's seems committed this year. Indiana's going to be better. Um, I think so, Detroit's probably going to be the bottom for me. Detroit's going to be horrible. They're yeah, going to be horrendous. They're going to be bad. Cleveland, I don't think is going to be very good. Um, no. Maybe they could push for the back, back, back end of the playing tournament, but I don't. Yeah, I doubt it. Really doubt being it. that strong, and Orlando is also not very good at all. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, before Pacers we pick... will be in, in there, though. Yeah, the Pacers will be up there. Yeah. Um, before we, I'm gonna reserve our predictions till after we break down the Western Conference too. I'll just we'll do NBA Finals and NBA Champion. That, that that's right. what we'll do, and. Just because we have so much time, we're going to have so much time to talk basketball throughout the the winter. It just this is just a quick little ode to the opener of the season. So let's go to the Western Conference real quick. And I, I wish we had more time, but it's football season. But so yeah, let's go to the Western Conference. The Lakers obviously retooled. We obviously know what they did this off season, right? Bringing in Russell Westbrook uh, and and LeBron James, obviously still there. Anthony Davis. Uh, this is a team that is going to be a lot of people's pick to win it this year, or at least win the Western Conference. And then, of course, you have the defending Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns. You have the Utah Jazz as well with the Denver Nuggets. You got the Clippers. Um, like the Hawks in the Eastern Conference, though, the Suns are receiving the most, like, was that real skepticism? Like, yeah. we want to see it again. Can Chris Paul stay healthy? Can Devin Booker leap from all-star to all-NBA performer type? What's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton? Obviously, they he's didn't. for a contract. Yeah, he's playing for a contract now. Can Michael Bridges, who did get paid, emerge, yeah. uh, emerge as a more consistent 
contributor for them? What's JaVale McGee going to be for them off the bench? Um, the wildcard team that I really want to throw out there are the Warriors. This isn't a mm. team with a really a massive ceiling, but you know what the talent is on there, right? Like, could they emerge as a legitimate contender to win the West? Absolutely. But that's kind of riding on the health of Clay Thompson. Hasn't played in two full seasons, uh, recovering from a torn Achilles and a torn ACL. Um, but I, I mean, look, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. And this is a, this is a Warriors team that's still very talented. Uh, what are the new Orleans Pelicans going to do this year? I, I think all eyes though, are really going to be on this Lakers team with, which is a resounding duh, but all eyes are on what the Lakers could be now. Obviously with LeBron, Mello, Westbrook, AD, the, uh, I mean, not that Melo is going to be a huge contributor, but they they appear to be the team that everyone wants to talk about winning. I mean, I talked about earlier in the summer. I didn't exactly understand the fit. I didn't like the fit for Russell Westbrook. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to work long term. However, they are, as of now, the favorite to win the West. Don't forget about the Nuggets. I haven't mentioned the Nuggets, Nuggets yet. Jamal Murray, if he bounces back from a torn ACL, could – he make Denver the most complete team. Some people think that they, I mean, they could, they were very good last year. And when Jamal Murray went down, they still kind of held water for the most part, but that was a big blow for them. Uh, don't forget about the Clippers as well. This is, this is a deep Western conference this year, Taylor. Yeah, it's a very deep Western conference. When I look at the top, um, you obviously see the Lakers there, but like you mentioned, it's hard to really say how they're going to do. Um, if anyone can figure out how to make Russell Westbrook work in this kind of situation, I would think it would be LeBron James. So you give them the benefit of the doubt there. I don't think they'll end up with the number one seed. I've seen people say that they will, and I just don't see it. Even if they did have success, I think that there's just going to be times where LeBron has to take a rest or Anthony Davis is going to miss time because he always does. Um, and then you got another a bunch of other aging veterans, so you don't really know how Melo or or Russell Westbrook will. I mean, Russell Westbrook usually holds up pretty well, but um, how he will play if he is missing, say LeBron James, is he going to be super turnover happy with the ball in his hands so much? Uh, how is that all going to play out? So I don't think that they'll end up being number one, but I could definitely see two, three, four, even four. I don't think they'll be worried about their seed so much because um, I think LeBron with a very healthy team he believes he can beat any team he doesn't really care where he is specifically um and then i really i do like golden state because i mean steph curry is steph curry he's gonna do steph curry things he's gonna will this team yep. to a lot of wins and then if clay thompson can come back at least his skill set is not really um hindered as much by um missing time i don't think i mean you don't lose your shooting stroke because you're missing time so it's not really an athleticism thing. It's not like he's a high flyer. Um, so I think when he, once he comes back, he may take a few games to warm up, but I think eventually he'll still be the Clay Thompson shooting self that he is. And so I do think that this team can really make a push, especially when Thompson comes back and he's fully healthy. Um, the Clippers are up there, but without Kawhi for probably all year, I would think, um, dealing with his knee issue. I don't know if they'll be in contention as much. They're going to fall. But I look at Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. You didn't mention him, but. Uh, I was I about to, well, I was waiting for you to finish because I was like, <laughs> don't forget about the Mavs. Don't forget no, about I'm Portland. Don't forget about John Memphis, Portland, Utah. I think, yeah, I mean, Portland will be good. They, I don't think, will ever win a championship as constituted the way they are. I think that Damian Lillard needs to either get out of there or really force them to do Come something. Come home to Philly. Come home to they, Philly, young king. 
come the they fuck had out. this whole offseason where it was maybe rumored that he wanted out and they did like nothing like they didn't do anything to really improve this team and so it's going to be the no. same team where it probably gets into the playoff tournament or maybe gets a seven or eight seed and then promptly lose in the first round or make it to the second round and then lose there that's about really right they're not a real that's about right and then no, denver not. i think denver is really someone I, a team i think could really push for the number one seed and then you also have the jazz up there where they they had the number one seed last year they were close i think they ended up with it and phoenix was two um but yeah, so if, if they're going to be in the mix too. I, if I had to pick one, I think Denver honestly will get that number one seed. I do like Jamal Murray a lot, and the team was good without him. So with him coming back, I think they're only going to be better. Michael Porter Jr. is getting better, and Jokic is Jokic is the reigning MVP right now. So uh, that's how I look at it. And the bottom, obviously, you're going to have OKC, and I think Houston will be better than the very bottom. But I don't. Maybe the outskirts of the play-in tournament. And uh, Sacramento will be down there. And Memphis will also probably be in the play-in tournament as well. All right, let's go to our predictions. Uh, Eastern Conference champion and Western Conference champion, including your NBA title champion. Want me to go first? Um, Go for it. Eastern Conference, I lean to the Nets. Because with a full season, if they are healthy – um, even without Kyrie Irving, like I said, two top five players, I mean, James Harden and Kevin Durant. And then without James Harden, well, I shouldn't say without James Harden. He was there, but he was on one leg and hobbled. And without Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant was an inch, less than an inch away from beating the defending champs and going to the NBA Finals last year. So I think that this year they get it done. Kevin Durant is amazing. I think he's the best player in the NBA right now. Uh I, I like LeBron a lot, but I think age is catching up to him a little bit, and Kevin Durant might be a tad above him. Uh, but we'll see, because in the Western Conference, if they're all healthy, I still have a problem betting against LeBron not making a finals, So or, or making a finals. I think he, he will. I think he just wills them there uh, with Anthony Davis. If they're all healthy, and the problem is I don't know if they'll be healthy, um, but... I don't believe in Phoenix. At least I don't believe that they can repeat what they did last year. Um, Utah, I think, breaks down in the playoffs as well. I like Luka and Dallas, but unless Christoph Porzingis can start playing like the superstar he used to be or close star that he used to be, I, I don't see that they have enough uh, the way they are right now. And Denver is good, but when you get into the playoffs and you're facing LeBron James and Anthony Davis, regardless of whether they're using Russell Westbrook, appropriately i think that the lakers end up in the finals and i think i'm gonna pick the nets to win it because i just think it's too much like kevin durant and james harden are just gonna be too good if they're both healthy i don't know how you stop that offense really i I, i'm gonna sound like a cop out but i I mean that's the exact thing that i had and (laughs) as much as it hates me because i i want to see the sixers do this i i want to see you know, Ben get traded for somebody that's really going to help the Sixers team surround the talent with Embiid and, and watch the Sixers. I love team it if grow. David Lillard went there just because. Oh he, my God! If they, if, if, Portland, if if Dame if, if Dame if Dame goes to Philly at, at some point, you, you're you're gonna I'm gonna be the most annoying person on the face of this planet <laughs> and deservedly so. Um, but however, I, I look, I agree. Like it's hard for me to bet against LeBron and the Lakers, right? Like as much as I want to, and as much as I hate for it to work, like LeBron's going to make it work. 
You know that. He's going to make it work, and the Lakers are going to find themselves in the finals. However, and I agree with you on this, even without Kyrie, the combination of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the depth that the Nets have is almost too good. Like They're they're going to come back, and they're going to be pretty pissed off about how the way last year ended losing to Milwaukee. And with all due respect to Milwaukee, I think the Nets are the best overall team. They should have won. They should have won. They nearly did. Um, But I think everybody everybody also kind of wants to see the fourth installment of KD versus oh, LeBron, yeah. right? Um, like that, that, like that is must-watch television. And should LeBron and KD face off for a th- for a fourth time, there's a legitimate case to be made that one, it could become the all-time greatest individual rivalry, and and if the Nets were to beat the Lakers, Taylor, KD would have a three-one edge over LeBron on the biggest stage, which would open the door, obviously, for nonsensical. Mm-hmm. unanswerable unhinged debates that I don't think any of us want to uh yeah, dive no, into but but I but I think the Nets are the best team in basketball. I mean we knew this and I, and I don't my gut says Kyrie will be back at some point. Now do they all stay healthy? That's yeah, to be I determined. Think. But I can't base the season on are they going to stay healthy? I got to look at the talent on paper and on paper and the way that they played almost you know being a prayer away from making the NBA finals. And who knows? I think the Nets beat the Suns last year too. Oh, yeah, um, no. I, I, I got to go Nets on this one as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just really don't see how anyone who watched the playoff series between the Bucks and the Nets can sit there and say that the then like, Bucks the, were the better team. Yes, because the Nets were clearly the better team. They were beaten up. They didn't have Kyrie. They had James Harden on one leg and they still nearly beat them. And that's the thing is literally it was literally like a millimeter of shoe that Kevin Durant took the fadeaway turnaround ridiculous shot um, that ended up being a two instead of a three. So it was a tie instead of a instead of the game ending right there and as it should probably have. And then they would have definitely beat the Suns. There's zero doubt in my mind that they would have beat the Suns. There's no one to guard Kevin Durant, much less James Harden, if you were to get healthier, um, having a little bit more of a break time in between the series, but I, I definitely think that the Nets were the best team last year and they will be the best team this year. I mean, the Lakers also were pretty good if they would have stayed healthy. I think last year would have been Lakers. I stand by that. I picked the Lakers to beat the Suns last year and I stand by if Anthony Davis had stayed healthy, I think they would have, um, but that's neither here nor there. I think the best team this year is going to be the Nets um, and they're going to win it all. So we both agree on our NBA champions, which would be the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> also, Kyrie coming back seems Ky- pretty. Pretty. Uh, I feel like it would happen too. I, it's I gonna really happen. It. It's just so a matter of when. Odd for this at this point, and then eventually he's just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, well, I I guess I should get vaccinated." And, and honestly, the Sixers are the biggest wild card in all of this. Like, it depends on what happens with Ben Simmons. I, I mean, even if Ben Simmons comes back and elevates his game, that makes the Sixers much better. If the Sixers get a good return, that would make them much better. So it, that's an interesting side piece to it. Um, but the NBA is back, and Taylor, as of now, uh, all four major sports in the United States are playing. That would be the NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL. Good, uh- 
MLB playoff games for sure. It's yeah, I mean, like Boston's going to make uh, it. It's looking like Boston, Atlanta, according to you know, as well, of recording time. I mean, yes. Atlanta's up two nothing. LA's been down, but they they can come back. They can definitely be the team that. Comes oh yeah, I'm still I'm still going I'm right still now. going with the Dodgers. Yeah, um, we were right, by the way, uh, predicting that the Dodgers would come back, um, and the Red Sox would win that series. So yep. I, I think right now, I think Dodgers Red Sox would be my pick for the World Series. And then obviously, if the Dodgers get into the World Series, they're they're gonna win it. But um, I I think it's been very good. Uh, the Red Sox really put a hurt on the Astros on I mean, Monday. I'm, but... I, I still want to say that the Dodgers will win, but also it's, uh, it's Braves look good. Hard. Braves look good. But also, it's looking hard. I mean, overall, I mean the whole thing. Like, oh, if the if the Dodgers were to get there, I mean, the Braves do look good. So the I, Red Sox like, look good. The Red Sox, the Braves, but the Red Sox just look like they're just. Like, they got hot at the right time. Right they really yeah, did. Exactly. They got hot they're at like, the right time. They are really getting hot right now and riding it out. So yeah, I, I'm not even convinced a, a wholly 100 that if the Dodgers made it and the Red Sox made it, that the Red Sox wouldn't just win. But. And just like that, Taylor, an hour, 45 in, we tackled a lot. We tackled college football. We we went through NFL Week 6, NFL Week 7, picks and predictions, uh, fantasy studs and duds. We looked at Ben Simmons. We looked at the NBA. We even were able to throw in some MLB playoffs. So we appreciate everyone tuning into this episode. Uh, next week is kind of up in the air a little bit. Either Taylor will be driving the show with maybe a guest appearance or by himself, or we will be dropping it later in the week because I will not be coming back from Vegas until very late on Tuesday night. And that Probably is what guess later in the week. We haven't totally discussed. Yeah, it. we have, we haven't finished it we off the details yet. And yeah. you, you guys will get it on Thursday. So we, we have to finish out those details, but it will not be a uh, normal release day of Wednesday morning next week. But we appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in. Make sure to follow us at sports uh, underscore podcast on Twitter, as well as myself and Taylor at ZBryce21 and at TLATS with two T's and two S's. And we appreciate all the support that you have been giving us through this entire time. If you are going on the Johnstone Supply bus trip to U Albany, have a very awesome time. Taylor, have a great time. Enjoy okay. yourself. You have and, fun in Vegas. <laughs> oh, I will. I, I will. Don't Hit you worry about it. Go birds. We'll stick with that. Go birds. Um, <laughs> um, but Everybody stay safe out there. Have a good weekend. Enjoy all the sports, and we will catch you next week. For Bryce, I am Taylor. This was Sports with a Z and T.